welcome to a very special episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities Church, an entirely online church currently located in Richland, Washington. Well, currently located, always located in Richland, Washington, uh, but uh, currently meeting online only uh, yeah. because of uh, this whole epidemic, y'all. Congratulations for surviving this long. You're, wa- you're listening to this podcast, so I'm assuming uh, you have got nothing else better to do with your time, <laughs> which is probably realistic. Uh, we are glad that you would take some time out of all of the available media and uh, consumer time that you have to spend a little bit of time with us. With me today is my very special friend, Megan is back. I'm so um, excited. Yes, it is so great to have her here. She has been, she d- did season two of the podcast with me and uh, then gave me the unfortunate information that schooling and all of the other things was just too much time. And uh, then lo and behold, schooling is no longer taking as much time. <laughs> uh, so she's back. And uh, Mallory it will be back as well. She took uh, this week off. Uh, and we're going to do uh, like a, a, a three-person podcast starting next week as we kind of figure out all of the details with this. But currently, we are social distancing upstairs in the uh, East Lake studio. Um, we're about four to six feet away from each other, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're working through it. We're making this thing happen. But it's great to have Megan back, and uh, sorry for the unfortunate circumstances that made it happen this way, um, but we feel secretly blessed that it would happen like that. So Yeah, it's not, you know the plan or necessarily ideal, but it's, you know, within this context of it, it's kind of working out and things are coming into place and it's given me a lot of time to work on like big papers that I have to write and all sorts of things. So, um, I'm super excited to be back on the podcast. It was like, and not just back on the podcast, but we have a huge (laughs) announcement to make. I have been pursuing, uh, Megan to be an office admin assistant for me for three years. Yeah. yeah. I've been pursuing (laughs) Megan for since high school. Um, no, for like the last three years saying, Megan, if it ever worked out, I know it's not like your dream career job, but, um, she has done so much behind the scenes work for us from a volunteer standpoint in the office. Um, you may not know it, but she's the one that, you know, reads all the connect cards, forwards all the prayer requests, does all the, like a lot of that, uh, behind the scenes work anyways. And then there's still, I mean, there's still even more beyond that, that, um, she pushes forward to, to me and then, then I, I have to do throughout the week. And pretty much my Mondays have been basically Sunday cleanup for the last, I don't know, two or three years. Like all I do is go through, workflows and contacts and follow-ups and everything else and pulse and, and financials and offering and et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, so, um, right after our, my busiest day, it's then hundred percent admin stuff. And so I've always, <clears throat> you know, it's not enough to probably justify a, a full-time position, but it, it has been something where like, I know if, you, if there's just a chance to get a couple of hours in, we'd love to have you come into the office and do that. And she's always told me no. She's been so aggressively telling me no, politely. Yeah, like aggressively po- telling me no. At first politely, <laughs> and then aggressively. Stop bugging me. Stop doing that to me. Um, stop making me feel bad for telling you no for the 40th time. And uh, then even before this whole thing came down, she came to me and mm-hmm. said, I'm almost finishing up with school. I think that if you're open to it, um, school gets out at you know three in the afternoon or whatever, I could come over and do some stuff in there. And I just, I lost it. It was, you told me that, that you texted me that the night of State of the Church, right before I was about to go up in front of State of the Church. It was everything within well, my I power. Well, I emailed you. Y- you emailed me. And but I, I don't think you saw it for a while. Uh, no, I saw it right oh, before I okay. go up on State of the Church and I almost was like, guys, this is going to be a game changer. <laughs> like all of a sudden I feel so much better about State of the Church. Uh, but I, I then uh, we, we, I hadn't, we hadn't 
dialogue back and forth about what the details would look like. So it was still like you and you were just like, maybe at that point, I think it was like, I'm open to the discussion of it. And, mm-hmm. and so anyways, um, and then uh, so then we started talking and then the plan was June um, once school was out and, and schoolwork was kind of done. And then this whole thing came down and I called you and I said, hey, uh, I know it's a sucky position to be in, but would you be interested in coming on April 1st? And uh, so here we are. Yeah, guys. here we are. Super excited. We've never, never had. I cannot wait to show her um, some of the, the filing cabinets that we have that are currently <laughs> our current system for managing some of this stuff and being like. Do your do your dream work. I Wave your Cinderella wand. Make seriously this all... love organizing things yeah. though. So I already was like, okay, what it, like summer's kind of a dead time. I was like, what is useful for my time during there in terms of like church work? And I was like, ooh, organization time. Yeah. Summer is organizing. And then just, you know, having a, around for podcasts and just office, just management stuff. So if you see some stuff come uh, you know, through the email from from Megan, especially follow up if you're you know marking cards about next steps or whatever, um, it's going to be a, a lot from her. So uh, super excited for all of us. Uh, I think as a church we get better uh, with more organization and more thought behind it and more run like an actual you know business that kind of knows a little bit of what they're doing. I, I I am really good at fronting it to make it look like we know what we're doing, <laughs> and now we're going to have some structure to actually back that up. Well, so. uh, that speaks really highly, but. Uh, I don't know, maybe like too high. Nah. Like, let's lower the bar just a little bit. Nah, it's uh, <laughs> and she's always an, an intriguing part of the conversation on the podcast. Um, so it'll be fun to see the dynamics and and see that some of that come back and then add Mallory's voice in there too. And I'm just super excited for it. It's really really great. So uh, all right, that's kind of a business side of things. Uh, now we are entering into I think week three of uh, quarantine is, is kind of what it's looking like. Now the allure of uh, binging shows on Netflix has kind of worn off, um, except for the fact that my wife and I are about five episodes into Tiger King right now. I think we've got two left and I just, I just can't wait until about eight o'clock tonight and then we keep going on this. And you haven't watched it. No, I haven't binged uh, anything. It is by far my my green light of the episode, my, my something interesting. Uh, I, I will kind of follow up on that a little bit later. But uh, how have you... You still have school going on, so there's still some schoolwork stuff. So it's not really free time 100% for you. Yeah, right? I mean, I definitely am really pro at procrastinating and letting myself be distracted. So... Um, I've done a lot of social media consumption, um, but other yeah, than who hasn't that, this time I know. But other than that, I've been pretty good at not turning on like shows or wa- movies or like getting onto like the Netflix or the Prime or whatever. Because um, I got out of the habit when I was student teaching, and I had twelve-hour days and also work to do after that in the evening. So um, I really. That is one area of self-discipline I've managed to maintain is not turning on the TV uh, and sitting down and watching shows for hours and hours. Um, So I'm trying to not do that until I am done. Uh, So with my big, I've, so in order to get a license, you have to do this project called an EdTPA, which is basically like a 20 page paper all together about a lesson arc that you plan and teach and assess. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to finish right now. Yeah. And what's the what timeline for you? How, how much longer? I mean, I know it's all up in the air, right? Because yeah, you just um, got approval for uh, to offset some of this stuff because there's no way to do in-class teaching right now. Yeah, to be able to so observe or whatever, but. shout out to OSPI, State of Washington Public Instruction, because um, they are one of the first states that came out and was like, okay, this is how we are making exceptions for student teachers this year so that they can still get an actual license and be and graduate and be done with school. Um, so 
uh, originally the state of Washington requires 450 hours in the classroom in order to get your, in order to be approved for a license. Um, and then also with that is like 12 weeks in the classroom, um, you know, just certain time frames of needing to be in the classroom and like be in certain number of observations of yourself in the classroom and all those things. Um, so they reduced the hours by 90, um, reduced the weeks by three, uh, and then reduced observations by um, a couple, like one, I think, or one in, you know, yeah. but made like some pretty significant exceptions in terms of um, getting you to graduate. And so at this point, so thankfully I had the hundred or I had the 360 hours. I had the nine weeks. Um, and then my university let my uh, supervisor who did my observations um, do a little bit of, so I had one final observation that I still needed, um, even with the exceptions that were made. And they were like, just do that observation based off of the previous observations that you've had with your students. It's interesting to see. I mean, when the first announcement came down about the six week closure, it was, uh, all right, nobody, you know, we're not going to do any grades online, even for students in schools. It's like, we're going to, we'll pick it back up. And, you know, we didn't have really bad snow days. So snow days and spring break factored into it. And I think now the realization is setting in, uh, and, and you see it now, <clears throat> um, the school districts are saying, uh, we changed our mind. We're going to be sending home homework for your, for your kids. And we understand that, that the level of online learning is, there's a disparity between who has access online and who doesn't. Uh, and I, and I, I totally understand wanting to provide equal access for everybody and, and figure out the solutions for that. Uh, but they basically said, don't hang. I, I saw a quote that don't hang a zero when, you know, you can offer at least a nine. I know you can't get to a 10. Like, there's no way you can do the education that you want to do. I get it. But it can't be zero. We can't be doing nothing, right? Um, so uh, I saw some really cool stuff uh, that people are doing of saying, um, you know, charters offering internet usage for families who don't have internet at their home for two months for free. Um, I saw a school district in Ohio is doing like buses built with Wi-Fi that just go park in neighborhoods, and then school districts can log into that stuff. Um, uh, iPads being sent home with pre-structured stuff that you don't even need the internet to do. So, kudos to the school districts for you know figuring out options. In, in, op, in a very trial, you know, uh, trying time and trying to say, um, yeah, we're going to we're going to do something. We're going to figure out something because, yeah, I think it's ne definitely necessary. And it's crazy to think, you know, what about these seniors who have these, pro you know, what does graduation look like for them? And I don't know. It's a it's a mess. Uh, but uh, anyways, it's a mess for us, too, if, from a church standpoint. Like, you know, we we figured out. All right. Well, we'll do three weeks ago, we figured out we probably have to do an online service. We're trying to make it better. We're trying to adjust each week to be like, here's what we want to do. We made um, some uh, adjustments this week. And if you watched online, it was a, a little bit of a train wreck in terms of our audio. <laughs> we want to apologize for that um, because there's just no way around. Like we, we had a failure of our, our internet kind of lagged out on us a little bit. And then I don't know. It was just a, it was just a big giant mess. If you watched online and actually stayed through, Megan said she stayed through the whole time. I did, yeah. Um, so kudos to that because that's that was a, a trial that that was that was a bummer. So we are just so you know we're working on that and we think we've figured out the solution and updated the failsafe to be able to make it happen legit this week. So please give us another chance. We promise we will not waste it. Um, and, uh, for, I, and I wanted to pick your brain on from the other side of the, of the computer or the other side of the receiving end of this thing. All I've ever seen is 
me and whoever is speaking or, you know, a couple of people uh, in the theater on the one side of things. I haven't actually logged in to watch how it all goes down in that way. What do you think are what do you think is congruous between what you experience on a Sunday and what you're getting in terms of online? Um, perhaps what's missing um, from that thing? And how, is there any room for evaluation or uh, any room for growth in terms of uh, how to experience that? So, uh, yeah. So I have watched all three weeks online. Um, and I think that there's a lot of grace that people have right now towards people figuring out totally. things like audio and video and all of that. And so do I you think the be... East like brand shines through in what we're trying to do that. Though? I do. do um, okay. like the videos are usually are still funny and kind of part of it. Um, and obviously your humor is the same and you're the same person saying same things that you normally would say on right. a Sunday. So I don't think that that is any different. I do love, um, like you guys mentioned last week on the podcast, that you're using local music as your intro and whatever. And Which is new for us. Yeah, We've but, never I, done it before, I, but I love it. Yeah, And too. I think that speaks a lot to Eastlake's brand. Um, <clears throat> so I don't, like, I think it shines through, but I also am kind of biased, I guess. Sure. Um, so... Like I have a lot of grace for it because like I love this church and I love this community and and obviously that's the one piece that is missing is the community and I know you're kind of trying to do that with the Q and A a little bit but it it still feels like that is a community between us and whoever is posing the questions it doesn't feel like uh, there's community between you as the viewer with other viewers if that makes sense yeah and, and for we. Sure. We haven't done it through Facebook because um, we could do a Facebook Live. We just the quality of that. We haven't been able to control the quality as much. We when, in our tests, it has been shaky, and we don't want to lose the experience just because of the community piece of it. So that's that's been a there's a give and take in all of this stuff, right? So uh, one of the things we've done is we've added yeah the Q and A at the end. That was part of it. Uh, this week we added connect cards online yeah. for you to be able to kind of still feel like you can communicate to us via, you know, prayer requests or just updates in life or whatever, or next steps. Like we're not, not, not taking next steps with all this stuff. Um, so th those have been a couple of different upgrades. Yeah. The music piece, uh, was an upgrade. Um, we added in a, a video again this week, like a little funny transition video. Uh, we've had to move away from copyrighted material cause it's not live. We don't have the license to be able to stream that online. We have the license to be able to show that in person in theater, but not, not elsewhere. So if you've seen a little bit of a shift in that, then that's intentional. Like we had to do that for what we were doing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely interesting and it's not, I know like my focus isn't as hardcore necessarily on what's being said because yeah. I'm not sitting in a room with the lights dark the and lights everybody dark else like and everybody positions. else quiet yeah. and you the only person speaking so yeah. you know, are you like, doing laundry are you petting the cats are you are you are you shopping online what are you doing while uh, you're well uh this sunday i made breakfast while I was okay great excellent um and then yeah i like you know my cats are moving and i talk to them and do stuff with them and you know or like i'm on my phone or talking to friends on chat and like chatting or whatever it is right yeah um so there's definitely a higher level of distraction in terms of listening. And I think, and one piece of the audio being kind of crazy was I didn't, I like wasn't paying as much attention to because right. I was like. And that was our fear with doing yeah. like a Facebook live because we couldn't solve the position for that. It was just too dependent on some other things. We felt like we could control it more uh, with Vimeo, but then we even sucked at that. So then we <laughs> lose the interactive ability to stay through. So what we saw um, in weeks one and two 
were stable numbers throughout pretty much the entire episode. And what we saw this week was a drop off midway through of people just going, ah, I'm out. And rightfully so. Like, I'm not like judging you. I would probably would have been out too. You 100% so, would have been out. Yeah, absolutely. You have such high like standards. Get your stuff crap like together. That. I'm yeah. out, right? <laughs> um, so uh, that's, so those are some of the analytics that we're working through too, of watching how long are people willing to be engaged online um, in that kind of an episode, in, in that kind of a, a, a scenario. Um, and what does our drop off rate look like? What, what are our interactions look like when people are, sharing this, who's watching this from where is it still all local? Is it, are we expanding our reach because now we've made this push for it to be online? I mean, we are definitely seeing more, um, activity, um, on our videos than we've ever have before. Uh, so that's good. Uh, we'll see if that sticks. You know, there's always, there's always curveballs about what changes, what forced changes have a lasting impact on an industry because of because of something like this. When 9-11 took place, our our security entrances at airports forever changed. That was a lasting, yes, this is probably a good idea. We probably should have been doing this all along. I think, for me personally, a a hand washing slash uh uh like in antibacterial like stuff in the car or like like I just I think I'll be more aware of that moving forward. I think I realized washing your hands takes 20 seconds. That's a long time when you're washing your hands. You know what it I mean? Is, yeah, it's a lot longer um, than you think it is. <laughs> I think that that changes. Like our, I think our, our hygiene as a, uh, as a humanity probably goes up in that way, or at least our awareness of, yeah, and that's please that, don't touch me. There's been a lot of talk when about... Sneeze, like, cover your mouth like germ theory really yeah. becoming visceral again yeah so like i mean we know about germs how germs work right but we don't see them and so you don't think about it but like having a pandemic like this really makes like that understanding of how germs work and how things travel um visceral again and like part of how we think about our daily life yeah and like i did not realize how much i want to touch my face until all of this happened yeah and then I'm like, oh, I'm touching my face yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to throw out an idea that I think an industry that changes because of all of this, that is different moving forward. I'm all for this conversation because I've been thinking about this okay. in my own brain here's, a lot. Here's my best idea, uh, the one that I heard the other day. Um, so because movie theaters are closed, uh, production companies have had to take movies that were previously gonna you know they were in the theaters for like a week or they were going to be released in this period i know i almost cried about mulan not gonna lie yeah <laughs> and they either postpone their their de debut or they're releasing them straight to itunes slash amazon slash wherever and instead of being able to rent them you're required to buy them at least for this first part in fact they're trying to figure out like what's the what's the dispersion strategy on it right so if we make it for sale we're going to sell it for 20 bucks, which feels like a lot for a movie to be able to own it. I mean, not in relation to how much they spent, the millions they spent to produce it. I get it. I'm, you know, whatever. And you're going to spend more than that on two people going to see it in the theaters, plus all the popcorn and the driving and everything else, right? So the actual sunk cost into it is only 20, is, is probably less than what you're actually doing it. Yeah, you're not getting the theater experience, but dude, with today's TVs and sound systems and the, the ability to watch it without wearing any pants in your living room, <laughs> Is like, like it's hard to put a price on that, right? I think people are going to be like, I think, I think movie industry, movie production companies are going to be like, hey, 
um, we don't necessarily need the theaters as much as we thought we did. Which is real sad for that new theater that just got. I would hate to be in the business of, and I, I still think that people are going to go to theaters and they're going to do that. But what I think you'll see is more people are being trained that it's okay to watch a new thing that came out at home and pay for it. I mean, we're trained to watch new things at home because Netflix and Hulu and, and Amazon has done that for right for us. But we've never done that with actual like movies that are coming out. I think that you'll see. Maybe not big movies. I th- I still think movie theaters will show, like when the new Star Wars comes out, they're going to be, no, we're going to go through the traditional means of this. But you hear about all of these like uh, A24 movies or um, smaller production movies that, you know, their budget wasn't that big. Their marketing budget's not big. They don't benefit all that much from being in the theaters because they only bring in X amount of dollars. Why would you not go online and make that happen as long as the market's there? And I think as a result of all of this, that market is going to be there. See, and forward. I think I think our culture has been primed for that because we've already been really slowly moving into that. We've been that on the anyway. ledge of the pool. So, we've just never yeah. jumped in. And this is I think there's a couple industries that this that were on the verge of going almost totally virtual. Yeah. And, and this is going to push them over. Right. And so like I definitely agree that movie industry is going to be one of those that especially those small indie, those kinds of films that aren't, that don't have value to be in a big giant theater are not going to be seen in theaters. Right. I don't need to see, um, I'm trying to think of a movie. Like the Mr. Rogers movie. That doesn't need to be I don't need to see that on a a 20 foot screen with IMAX sound. Like it's just. But I want to see Star Wars on a 20 foot screen. So I will go see that one. So there's going to be a difference. So I think the industry changes as a result of that. I also think, all right, six months ago. Um, a, a friend of ours started the uh, Ghost Kitchen restaurant. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the timing could not have been more perfect for I him. I know. And in my mind, when he first launched it, I go, man, I wonder if that's going to work. See, but he was doing really well even before all of this. Totally. But now we oh, we as a culture have been trained. I can get high quality food because I still don't like to make my own food. I still like it better. Food tastes better when somebody else makes it for you, right? But I, I mean, that's questionable. Well, I'm, 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 I'm not a good cook. Like for most of us who think that, I understand my wife doesn't think that way. But I, I don't I, think that way usually right. either. Well, all the time. There are certain things that I'm like, oh, I would definitely want someone else cooking right. for me. But. but I don't necessarily need to pay. Like I still think that there are going to be restaurants. Restaurants aren't going anywhere. That experience of getting dressed up and going out is nice. But the it's not going to feel as odd to have something that is delivery only and or carry out only. Uh, from a like a ghost kitchen, like uh, hot mess burgers and pies or whatever, um, and so I, I think he kind of he probably got lucky in doing that a little bit because early adopter. But I think that that early adopter becomes a lot more part of the norm post apocalyptic. Yeah. And COVID. I think that t- getting takeout or getting delivery from like lower end food or like right. traditionally takeout because he food. would say it's not fine dining cuisine, yeah, right? right? He would say it's just a really good burger. It's better than you can you know. But I think that where we're going to see the change is fine dining offering way more options for takeout and delivery and those kinds of things. Because I think people now are like, I mean, I can get this meal at home. Yeah. You know, but, but also watching a movie at home. Yeah. (laughs) 
So that's where the marketing has to change for the experience. Yeah. So you really need to amp up. It's not about the food anymore. It's about what can you experience when you come into my restaurant in terms of atmosphere and all of that. Right. Because I think that is still something people will want to do and experience, but I don't like getting food, so going out somewhere to get the quality food that you want is not a necessary thing anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are just two big guesses. Any, anything for you industry-wise? So what I've been thinking about a lot is higher education um, and the traditional go-away to live at university. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is going to change a lot. Um, I think they were like, a lot of universities have online options, and like most students take at least one or two online courses, even if they do live at their university. Um but I think that that's going to change a lot. And I think they're going to see a big um, reduction in students who are willing to pay for residency at a university because it, they've all been forced to do online school now. Yeah, And is, right? so yeah. Uh, and I get to stay home and work while I'm doing this and I don't have to rack up $100,000 of student debt. I'm sorry, I'm going online like, you know, and and I know because I go to I my, uni my master's is through Western Governors, which is entirely online and has been its entire inception. Um, and very few things of their working process have had to change. Like all of their students have just been going as right. normal because they were already all online and yeah. they already have all the infrastructure that they need to support their students. So, so two factors on that one that are questionable for me because I did an in-person, I did distance learning for my master's, but the, and the online option was there, and I did I did both as a part of the program. Like there were a couple classes that were only offered online. Um, I didn't enjoy that experience as much as in person, and I don't know if that's because I'm, I think that's a generational age thing, though. It uh, totally could be. Um, could be because I'm a three and I like to perform and I like people. I like an audience <laughs> to be able to be like, oh, that guy kind of asked a good question or whatever. You know, like <laughs> I don't know. That could be totally it and so stupid self ego thing. Um, so. I didn't feel like I learned as much in an online thing as I did, but that could be that could be a false a false belief of mine. That could be a blind spot where you're like, I actually learned most of the stuff from my own personal reading rather than class interaction because that's true too. Like, I learned from lectures. I definitely hate the least favorite part of my time was listening to other students ask questions that you already knew the answers to and that you know that they knew the answer to it too. And if you could minimize that in online setting, that'd be great. The other piece of it for me at the time was library access and access to materials and resources um, that I didn't, I, the thought of writing a thesis paper, like that was part of my program, um, away from having to be able to walk to the library and have all this stuff at my fingertips to try and find it and, and bypass the copyrights and get the right access. And just, I feel like I would, st I stumbled into more material being physically present in a spot than I would have online. But I know that I finished that 10 years ago. I mean, it's only expanded. Yeah, the WGU library level. access is right. Like kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Um, and with your tuition, like that's part of your tuition is access to whatever files that they have access EBSCO to. EBSCO host or whatever yep. the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have a couple, they have like three different, um, like, literary library things that they have access to and give yeah. access to through their students. And so like I, and access has never been the, the thing. It's always been about curation for me. Like 
dude, everything's available on the internet. It's a finding the right voices that get you the stuff that you want with reliable resources. You yeah. know, with, with like, I can trust that voice. I mentioned voices mm-hmm. on Sunday. I said, I'm trying to trust the right voices who curate the right content for me. Um, because, yeah, there's all kinds of charts and stuff about new cases and death rates and this and that and whatever. And, you know, for the most part, they're all, they're all bad, right? So, like, I get that. But there's some that they're, they, they selectively choose which data to include and not include. And so I'm always just like, how do I... How do I how do I find the right curation of somebody who's trying to convey not just the point that they're making in the article, but the actual truth of what's being out there? That's it's really hard to find. I'll be honest with you. Well, yeah, and that's good. That's that's part of learning how to live in the 21st century. Yeah, that's like true. that's when I teach yeah. my students, when I talk to students about science articles or looking for resources or whatever, that is the number one thing that I talk about every single time I talk about how we're getting information. Yeah. Like on the, our last day of school, I was like, please be critical of everything that you see about anything that involves COVID-19. If it's not from like the CDC or the World Health Organization or someone that is credible, do not believe it, please. Like you need to be critical, even of those sources, but you need to be critical of what you are allowing to influence how you're thinking and how you're feeling about everything that's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wonder how our news changes, our access to news or our, you know, that changes as a result of all of this. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know that that, cha- yeah. I don't know. I'm, I like, this is a really fascinating like brain experiment for me as well right now that I've been having with myself and my cats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're super into it. Too. Uh, yeah, I saw pictures yeah. of them the other day. They, were like, <laughs> they had like the thinker pose going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Herb specifically. Yeah. I believe. Herb is, uh, well, I don't, anyway, yeah. um, they, is, is he the dumber of the two? He is the dumber <laughs> of the two. <laughs> That's what you wanted to say. I caught it. No, I think I was going to say, I think maybe that picture was spice, but yeah, oh, okay. my yeah. use of Instagram stories has gone up exponentially yeah. Yeah. and they are 100% my cats. For sure. And I just realized we've been talking for forever. That's probably That's because I don't get to talk to actual No, I know. It's, I know. <laughs> I, I, we were just talking before we pressed record. Uh, the, Kylie called me down in the lobby and we were getting Megan set up on, on an internet thing and she, and she was so jealous that I got to hang out with humans today. Well, not humans, but like adult humans that have like legit conversation because she's hanging out with humans just uh for the ones that we made and are are uh, terrible terrors right now so um yeah and she's probably listening to this on a walk right now too hi babe <clears throat> anyways um yeah anything else in terms of industry in industry chain disruptor uh no i think it's gonna be really fascinating to watch what changes and what doesn't and how i'm trying changes. to factor that through like what does this look like for our church too you know mm-hmm. I, I mentioned on Sunday, how do we grow how do we be anti-fragile in this situation then what do we learn about ourselves that we take into it so that's that's uh that's you know from a personal level i'm doing that from a corporate level we're trying to do that as well hopefully you as well not just trying to like suffer through this like that's one piece of it. But if you try and suffer through it, this is going to feel like a really long ordeal. If you can say, how can I learn from this? How can I adjust some of my disciplines? How can I read more? How can I be more um, intentional about what voices I listen to, especially when it comes to news and whatever? Um, how do I uh, change my hygiene habits? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> grow from it. And then this will be a lot more of a learning process. And I think it'll go faster. Because it does feel like March has been like the longest month well, in and the world. This is like start of week of three only. And all I keep thinking is, we have a whole other month left of this. Yes. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. I can uh, do it. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we Let's jump into our something interestings, and uh, I'll go first to give you some, some time. I mentioned at the top of this uh, this thing, uh, Tiger King, if you haven't watched it on Netflix yet or haven't heard about it yet, uh, you, you need to you need to get into this. It, it is, And I, I say that with two episodes left remaining, and it has gone a little dark in episode, uh, what are we, on five? Um, so just buyer beware on that. But it is fascinating to see private exotic zoos owned by exotic weirdos um and how all of the drama kind of takes place in, in this has been uh something that we've looked forward to and it just every time you think it can't get any weirder than this um it does and it it just gets it just goes nuts and um and, and every every episode leaves you hanging it is one of the ones where you're like as soon as it's done you're going well i have to watch the next one i mean we're not falling asleep now <laughs> you know what i mean um <laughs> And then eventually you have to just fall asleep, and uh, that's exactly what happened to uh, my wife in episode two. And she woke up the next morning and goes, "Man, can you leave that girl got her arm bit off?" And I mentioned something. I said that is like the you thought that was the craziest thing that happened in this episode because uh, there's definitely things that trump it. And uh, and so, anyways, um, highly recommend uh, checking that out. We're, we're super pumped about it. And uh, yeah, yeah, you and the rest of the country are. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not bringing any any new information to the, the uh, thing. I'm just trying to vouch uh, for it. It is good. I follow Daily Show on Snapchat, and Trevor Noah did a whole like bit about Tiger King today. So he was like, and I binge watched it over the weekend. So here's this bit on. Speaking Tiger of it, have you watched any late night at all recently? Um, I watched a couple episodes of Fallon, or not a couple. I think I watched one of the like at home episodes that Fallon did. Yeah. Um, but I don't like. Most I mean, of my that stuff that I watch is through like Facebook or talk media. about a disruptor in terms of like it it's different for me speaking on Sunday and having jokes be like I just have to assume that you're laughing at home or at least snickering or at least smiling <laughs> right but like most of my stuff isn't jokes like that's in there to try and keep you awake and focused but most of it hopefully is like that you know content or whatever but when all of your content is jokes and humor and there's no live audience to give you any sort of feedback my wife and i watched john oliver on a white screen two weeks ago and i was like i felt bad i, I like john oliver i think he's relatively funny but there's some parts of his bits that he goes into that you're like without a crowd there you're just like it's like cringe is like Ooh. yeah and i definitely <laughs> noticed that even with like the daily show bits on snapchat that like because a lot of his is about audience feedback. And yeah. like there are things that I probably would have laughed at if the audience had been laughing that I was like, eh. Yeah. Like, you know, and so I was like, oh, that kind of felt flat. Or like he didn't, like that didn't land, I think, the way he thought it was going to. But I don't know what he, totally. I don't know. Like you can't How laugh at your own jokes. Comedians so. rely so much on audience response. Like their energy, like you, you, you see that they're so much better when the crowd's into it or they'll get off the stage and be like, dude, the crowd sucked tonight. And that, and then I suck tonight. Well, when there's no crowd to do anything for that, like I just, that's an industry right now that I bet you is feeling, I don't know what the ratings are. Like. I haven't even looked into that at all, but, um, man, that would be tough. That would be really, really hard. Yeah. And live comedy too. Yeah. I mean, think about live comedy in New York city, like the scene for all those guys. And there, there's no way that they're meeting right now. So there's no, you lose your step on that kind of stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it is. All right, you're something okay. interesting. Um, so mine is the podcast Radio Lab, which is one of mine that I subscribe to, and you I you and Mallory, it. you yeah. guys love Radio Lab. I love it. Um, it's so it's really thought provoking for me, and yeah. so. Uh, but they did. Um, they're doing a couple right now, kind of surrounding stuff about Corona. 
that they're calling dispatches. And the first one that they did was just thinking about like all these numbers that we have being thrown at us. And um, one that was really fascinating, one part of it that was really fascinating for me was uh, one of their producers was talking about what is like, because every day we just are inundated with numbers about like death rates and like contraction rates and uh, like just all these numbers coming at us daily, hourly, practically changing. And like, what is the intellectual, emotional impact of being inundated with numbers like that constantly? Totally. And, and numbers that are like cases and it's mm-hmm. always up and to the right. And you're like, oh, God, it's getting worse. And you're always like, well, yeah, that's like simple addition. Like it's always going to be up and to the right if you're, out, yeah. <laughs> if you're adding cases. Like, yeah. It's never going to be like, I saw somebody go, oh, I just want to see peaks. You're like, well, there can't be a peak in cases when you're doing when the graph is total number of cases. Like it's always going to be up into the right. It's like, but like the emotional impact of yeah. what that does, right? Yeah. To see all of these these things just exponentially go. And she talked. They talked a lot about what would it be like if we had other numbers thrown at us the same way that we're having numbers oh, yeah. thrown at us like, about Corona. Like, what if every day we saw a daily ticker of how many people die of cancer? What if every day we saw a ticker of how many people do this thing or how many people do that thing? Like, like not even things. Like yeah, how many good meals things too. Away, like right? how many, like how many meals are given away or how many people have danced today or how many people like how many hugs were given or how many, whatever. Right. And so they went through this whole list of all these different numbers that we have in our world. Um, and like what that does to a community and what that does to um, us as individuals too. And just kind of really thinking about how we intake information and particularly numbers and that instance. And so it was really like, I think because I had been a little bit obsessively looking at numbers, I was kind of primed to be hearing that message as well. And so um, I found it really interesting. And there was also a bit in there about what exponential actually means. And uh, like, cause when you like at the beginning, you're like, yeah, it's just, it's doubling. But when you get to like a hundred thousand cases and you double that, mm-hmm. like, and then you double two, and then you double that. And then you double that, like you're at a billion in three steps, you know? Right. And so just like the, just like that idea of what, like the numbers of this situation and kind of what that means. And like our understanding of it as humans, cause I mean, I'm not a mathematician. And so that like numbers don't have as real of a life for me as other people maybe. And so just, anyway, it was really, it was interesting to me. And especially since we are just being covered in statistics right now. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> Good stuff. Well, that'll do it for uh, this week's episode <laughs> of say something. Just thanks for sticking it out. I, 40 minutes yeah. just flies by when yeah. you're having fun guys. Um, and uh, Megan, thanks for coming back. Yeah. I'm so excited. Super excited. Um, we are going to be doing part two of our religion of nobody series on Sunday at 10 AM online. Um, we found out this last week that we will definitely be doing Easter online, which is super interesting for us. Um, people have been asking the question, what does that look like? Different service times. The answer to that question is we're still thinking through logistics on that. What we do know is we will not have a taco truck outside the theater on Easter Sunday. Um, so, uh, we're trying to figure out other fun ways to do some stuff. And, um, so I don't know. I don't know. We, we, uh, you know, I, we're going to do something on Sunday, you know, Easter Sunday. That's only two weeks away, guys. This is this Sunday is Palm Sunday. It's crazy I know. how fast it kind of snuck up on us because our minds are elsewhere. Um, but uh, we will have something. Um, we are uh, we would love to have you participate both on Easter and this this next weekend, too. So um, 
yeah, find us eastlaketricities.com slash live uh, is where the live feed is on Sunday mornings. If by chance you missed it and you want to go back and watch it, the best place to do that is on our talks page, which is eastlaketricities.com slash talks. And uh, that's basically it for us. We've got our kids' videos on there. If you've got kids um, and they are looking for uh, something to watch that's not Netflix-oriented that kind of uh, leads into maybe some better conversations or whatever, all of the videos that we would normally show on Sunday mornings are online on our website as well. Watch them. There's some parent cues to kind of help you uh, with some continuing the conversation pieces at home. And, uh, yeah, all that to say, have a great week, everybody. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands and uh, have a good one. Don't touch your face.